0: They told us that print was dead, and they told us that it was a bad idea to start a magazine in a digital age, but they don't know shit.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We pursued it anyway, and we saw, we had a vision, uh, and we saw a void in the marketplace, and here we are today.
2: It's Nephi Anderson here with a brand new episode of The Path Less Traveled, a web series spotlighting millennial entrepreneurs who successfully turned their passions into lucrative careers. Now today's guest is digital strategist, Lindsay Day, creative director, Nakuma Farrar, and together they are the founders of Crown Magazine. Now let me let me give you the run down on Crown Magazine. Crown magazine is a quarterly hair publication that is committed. Can you say committed? Let's say it together, committed to creating progressive dialogue around what it really means to go natural in America. <laughs> now, through beautiful content, thoughtful commentary, hair inspiration, and resources, Crown Magazine is helping women all over the world throughout their natural hair journey. Mm-hmm. I just want to thank you guys for giving me the opportunity to interview you both together, because I feel like this is our first on-camera interview time. together, so I feel <laughs> blessed. <laughs> <laughs> I feel thank you. Thank you
1: for having us. So Loving the energy. Yes, you
2: know. want you know, turn up. So you guys are not new to this. Y'all true to this. So y'all know just like how they do in church and they say take a moment to pull out your Bibles, take a moment to pull out your phones, make sure that you tweet using that hashtag TPLTSeries. All right, so let's get let's, let's a little background information on the birth of Crown Magazine. First of all, I want to know where did the idea even come from? Huh. You take that
0: one. It came, it came from a rooftop in Crown Heights. Oh. It did, it did. I, You know, I was out here on the corporate dime, and, you know, I was out here for work, and um, I stopped to visit Lindsay, and she's she has such great hospitality. She cooked. We had something to drink. We was on the roof. We were talking, and we, just, we were just really having a, a real conversation about what is happening, what's going on, and I just threw it in the air, and she pulled it out of the air and was like, "Let's do this."
1: I think we always are talking about ownership, mm-hmm. you know, about really what we say, getting off the plantation, yeah, <laughs> yeah. talk about getting it, getting off the corporate, you know, getting out of the corporate life. We both had our stints in corporate, and definitely. It just definitely was not. I know for I knew for me, I was just like, I I have to get out of this. Like it wasn't the company, it wasn't. It was me, you right. know. Like I was not built for that mold.
0: And. You know, really to add, a. you know, for me, all of the best opportunities come from observing culture. Ooh. And so when you look at human behavior, you will find <laughs> a, you, you will find a solid opportunity for commerce.
2: So with you being able to like observe the culture and everything, I think that it's kind of like amazing that you had this idea because... You're a guy, and I think like a guy would be like the last person that you would think or that you would expect to think about, you (laughs) know, a female's hair in this way.
0: You ask black men how they prefer a sister's hair to be, either they'll say, oh, I don't mind, however she wants to express herself, or they will say, I like it when her hair is natural. They mature,
2: they mature. (laughs) (laughs) It's It's
0: a real thing. You know, it's important because... When a woman wear a protective style, that means I probably can't touch her hair. You see? You smart. And so I want your hair to be natural. You understand?
2: Right, right, right. So I know that like off camera, we spoke a little bit about how, you know, from the idea to the execution, there was like a little bit of like a lag on the runway. Mm -hmm. I think it was like maybe like two years or so. So talk to me about like what happened during that time for you guys.
0: We simmered, we incubated the yeah. idea, right, so we did a lot of research, a lot of uh, yeah. interacting and actually becoming a part of the community before we offered a product and so that's why when when we actually announced, we were able to do so in a very credible fashion because for a, for many months i had been deep in the hashtag yeah. trenches of instagram yeah cuz
1: you had you were looking at it even before, before i talked about yeah. it as a business idea
0: and this is this is something that's very important because a lot of young entrepreneurs enjoy the culture of being an entrepreneur the idea that they have command over their time and they get to do something creative and so they put on a show for themselves and, them fri- and mm. their friends that's real right um, instead of really architecting and structuring a business. And then likewise, in the, in the era of the, the tech startup boom, you have this, this idea that you can put together an idea and then go raise money instead of building a business, right? So the idea, uh, Damon John, he, this year he put out the power of broke, which right. I thought was uh, very compelling because when you don't have a lot of seed capital, You have to be very creative about how you start. And it makes you, it forces you to build a business. So we, from the very beginning, we worked on how we would monetize Crown, right? And so we started a process at the same time of building, introducing and building a brand. We were also architecting and structuring how the business would sustain itself.
2: So you, you told me that you automatically, like off the bat, you came up with 14 different revenue streams that yes. you guys could have. Definitely. Which is like amazing.
0: Well, we, you, you see, we both, we and both. And that
2: got my, my attention.
1: Right. I'm like, <laughs> okay,
0: we, so we when got you, something here. When you, have, when you have an idea for a business, you have to make the, you have to prove the business case. And especially since we were both getting corporate money and consulting money, I had to prove to myself why I should leave that alone. Right. And and prove that, you know, there was an actual opportunity here, and define what the opportunity was. It's been almost two years to date, right? right. So like, we 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 launched officially uh, at AfroPunk last August in Brooklyn, right. mm-hmm. and so we
1: printed up a folded what we called our zero issue, or we our demo tape of sorts. Okay, sort. okay. And so that was it's like it's our demo tape. Okay. People were like, oh, okay, we get it. But even with that, we were very calculated with what content we included. So when you first open it, it's like, this is the problem we see. Yeah. This is the promise that we will deliver. Then you open it further and there was information about what was happening at Afropunk after dark, like different stuff you could do in Brooklyn around the weekend. And the bottom of that was um, kind of like a tease of what, it was like a bantu not out. So it was uh, what future um, technique content would look like in okay. the magazine then you open it even bigger and there's like an Instagram roundup with like different beautiful natural women of all different shades, sizes, colors like it was just amazing and then the right hand side was a big poster and what was on the bottom i think just like call to action and stuff yeah. so we were very we were like okay we want someone to put this on the wall we want people to understand like why we're doing this first right and so each panel had a very specific purpose and kind of um, was like a, a microcosm of what the future
0: yeah you know, we used that initial zine as proof of concept and right. I promise you we would not be here today right if we had not done that activation because essentially what we did was we had done research and we had had conversation and we had put some stuff on paper to prove the business case to ourselves right then we went and we saw the customer face to face we had 500 mm-hmm. one-on-one or two-on-one interactions with Black women with natural hair, and showed them our gave presented our offering, and got to see what their reaction was. And their right. reaction was,
1: oh my god, very compelling. <laughs> yeah,
0: we knew we knew halfway through through the exercise that we definitely had right. a business on. And it's hands.
1: funny because just going out there, it was like. I mean, it looks pretty, I like it, but yeah. you don't know, yeah. you know? But then when you see your customer,
2: yeah.
1: first off, be like, how much is it? And yeah. it was free. We were exchanging it. Actually, um, that's part of our strategy, too. We were ex- exchanging it for email um, subscription. So we just took Ooh, so the uh, service was bad, so it was like, put it in the notes section. You yeah, know, nothing yeah. fancy. We yeah. just took down emails. Um, we... Uh, it had people follow us on Instagram, so within a month we had like a thousand Instagram followers.
0: Wow! That's, that's another thing. We our, our growth on Instagram has been just under a thousand followers a month, but the what the fact that we we started with five hundred followers at one time because we talked to five hundred people. Right. So within one weekend we established our presence on Instagram and it just grew.
2: Okay, wait. So I <laughs> want to back it up a little bit. So, in you launching at Afropunk, was that like, all right, you take 250, I take 250, we walk around? Like, how with or like, did <laughs> we were station somewhere, and like, people can Because, you know, I know yeah. that, yeah. you know, we live in a society where there's like, so much noise, that like somebody's always trying to sell you something and tell you, like, don't talk to me. I got my headphones in, don't talk to me.
1: <laughs> So,
2: how did you, you know, like, what did you do to, like, get that person's attention? And, like, not have them, like, block, you know, like, block you out? Yeah, yeah. well, I think it's, I mean
1: honestly it was his idea, it was super smart, it's like that is our audience. Right. Like, this if anyone is gonna like this product, it's gonna be the Afro Punk community. So
2: did you like pass it like how I'm thinking
1: like uh,
0: No we we didn't we didn't just we weren't flyering. Right. I I would walk up to a sister and say, Hey, right.
1: engage in conversation. Sis,
0: I made this for you. And I <laughs> hand her the zine. Mm-hmm. And as she's looking at it and when she opens it, i s I'm speaking directly to what's on the page in front of her. Right. And 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 talking her through you know what our mission is and what the product is really um conveying what our purpose was in doing this
1: right and um, the the response it was like people looked at it they saw it and then they were like <gasps> you yeah. know and it was like seeing that interaction being both of us are digital strategists by trade yeah. like there's not like usually it's like oh, okay i got followers or yeah. i got this many impressions or this many hits this month, whatever. Right. But to see and really interact with your customer in this age, yeah. I think just gave us a certain like fortitude because we were like, people have told us print is dead, people have, but I just saw what I saw.
2: But. So, what do you guys know now that you wish you knew when you first started, but you gotta break it down for me. I'm trying to go with you on this journey in uh, okay. detail. Like, well, you know? I think
1: it's a little bit tricky to answer because not like, oh, we know everything, yeah, but yeah. It, we both remarked that it's like, and I, I believe in the divine. So, right? yeah, I really believe that my steps have been ordered until yeah. this point. And like looking at my career, looking at his career, it's like I've done ad sales, I've done content, mm. I've done digital strategy, like. Everything, I've done pretty much everything it takes to create a magazine except create a magazine. Right. And on the visual side, he's done very similar things. So it's like, and I've worked in startups. Uh, this is my third business. So I think... We were ready. Right. It was like, we there's ready. things that, of course, we've learned, but I think we also were kind of... It's, they weren't surprising. It was like, okay, we're going to get through this because we've done something similar before. So the
0: biggest takeaway is... That you could master plan your business, you could spend all this time on a business plan, but it's not going to mean anything if you cannot adapt as things arise.
1: Right. And one one huge takeaway for me is don't build a kingdom. Like I've I've done that in my career, where it's like we're going to have all the content and all the, and then you you're going to have all this traffic, and then you start thinking about a business model, which I see a lot of people doing in. Um, you know the content space. Everyone right. has a blog. Everybody has this thing, and so you're doing all of this legwork and creating all this content, but you haven't. It's like get the sale. Like how do how are you going to convert in? and get money coming in. Right. Do that as soon as possible.
2: Right, and I think that, you know, just to back up what you both said, is that, you know, like there's levels to this, (laughs) but most people, they don't think it, like, you know, it's instant gratification. Mm. And sometimes you have to be very careful about like what you wish for. So it's like, ooh, like I wanna get like a lot of followers or whatever, whatever, but it's like once you get it, People expect for you to like perform, produce, Mm -hmm. like, all right, you got me here. Like, how are you gonna keep me? And like the letdown is, uh, is real. So it's like, you have to be able to deliver. You have to know how you're gonna sustain yourself. So individually, what, you know, would you guys say is one thing that most people don't know about your career journey to where you are today? Because it's that. so easy, especially in the social generation, you know, the, dig- the digital age, to look at you and be like, oh, y'all fly, y'all always been <laughs> popping, you know, and just to know, like, you know, it both sounds that you guys have like extensive backgrounds in like varied fields. Your work experience is pretty thorough. And so I know that it's like easy for someone to just look from the outside mm-hmm. saying that, like, y'all popping, y'all always been <laughs> popping, and like, you know.
0: Well, I mean, for me, straight up. I put in my ten thousand hours, working as a designer for cheap or for free. <clears throat> I I spent a lot of time, and most of actually everything that I know how to do of value, uh, every marketable skill that I have, I taught myself, and it took a long time. So while my friends was out, I was in front of my computer mm-hmm. for years. Yeah, you know, and that's why you know which Lindsay was talking about, you know the. The, our career paths, we we have prepared ourselves for this, like we put in our time. Um, something else that people may not know about me is that my career has been closely tied to technology. So when I started really working in 06, um, around the time that my son was born, I was like, okay, I have all these creative skills, I got to go out and get a job. and so. Of course, I wanted a job in fashion or entertainment because who doesn't want to work in fashion and entertainment? Right. But I looked and I understood very quickly that they don't pay work for nothing because everybody wants those jobs. So I decided that I would work in technology companies because tech in tech they pay really well. Right. And so as a result, I have I got the opportunity to work with a lot of engineers. So although I am a very creative person, I think like an engineer.
1: He's always coming up with something like, oh, we should do that, and he's like, just put a form up and blah, blah. Like, you, you're very good at like making things very simple and easy and efficient. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm very much like just dive in, get it done. Mm-hmm. But I'll spend hours doing something that, you know, doesn't right. necessarily need to take that long. So it's, a, it's good to have an efficient, you know, efficient person that is your partner. Right. Like, I think we have very compatible skill sets.
2: I think I think so, too. <laughs> and I know that you've had three businesses. Yeah. Um, so what would you say is, like, something that most people don't know about your career journey?
1: I think one big thing is, like, what, like you said with the 10,000 hours, like, I have worked two jobs since, like, 2009, you know? Wow. So, like, just grinding. Like, go home, get on the computer, work some work some more probably lost relationships you know like right, it's right, real right like it was I was very focused and knew I wanted to create something bigger than myself mm. I right. didn't necessarily know what it was but I I recognized that where I was was not going to work so I was like you know my first company may not be the end all be all but it's it's something
2: so what would you guys say was your last career low and how did you bounce back from that because the message we want to get there, out there <laughs> is that like, you know, you're going to be successful, but you're going to have like some rainy days and you have Man. to pick yourself back up and get out there.
0: Well, I mean, a career low for, for me um, was, you know, being in corporate and earning crazy money, like, and then not having that job anymore right and so you get accustomed to living a certain lifestyle and then you have to figure out oh shit, what am i going to do um and i found myself this was like right in the middle of the recession and it was a very bad time not to have a job (laughs) but then also because i had gotten comfortable in my job i was not hadn't i hadn't stayed marketable so my portfolio was out of date Mm. My resume was out of date. And so it took me, you know, I I had to take time to build those tools to market myself again. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've been through a couple of very rough (laughs) winters, so to say. (laughs) Wow.
1: What about you? I, at a certain point, was working again, multiple jobs at all times, yeah. was
2: working. Let me find out you Jamaican. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> oh, that's the running joke in my family. Like, what is your deal? Um, so I was working, I was still working on my own platform, Made Woman, and then I was working in a startup called Intern Queen, and it came time I stepped away from Made Woman, which was like my baby, my first everything, like the hardest thing. It was, it was like gut-wrenchingly hard. Um, and then kind of realizing, okay, I went from, I have my own thing and I'm doing, building this thing to it's gone. I no longer have it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not mine anymore. Yeah. And then working for somebody and we were very close in age and it was a wonderful company, wonderful startup, but it, I'm an owner, you know, yeah, and that's yeah. something that's in me. It had nothing to do with Anyone. I could work for Barack Obama, but right, I would have right, been right. like, I want to do my own thing. Yeah. Um, so that period, it's sim- very similar. It was like I hadn't properly branded myself mm-hmm. during my building of my company. Right. I was, I had a brand, you know, that I had built. But right. once I didn't have that anymore, it was like, who is Lindsay Day? What, yeah. what am I? There were just a couple of different signs that happened along the way. And actually, a former writer of mine gave me the Business Model Generation book. Okay. Um, former writer of mine at Made Woman. And I started flipping through it, and I was like, oh my gosh. like This is like kind of the key, because I knew I wanted to do marketing, right? but the business model portion of it really... To me, there's so many marketers. Everybody does social media. Everybody, and I didn't want to be another one of those people, and a sea of those people. Mm-hmm. Right. So adding that tangible, and I'm I'm a business, I was a business major, so right. it was like okay, this makes sense, you know. Right. Um, but kind of like redefining myself and reinventing myself was so hard. <laughs> like it was, it was it was probably like a six to eight month process of just like deciding I was going to go forward with it, and then starting to pick up clients, and then. Crown was like a case study. I was like, well, it's a dope project. Let's just start doing it. Like, I was luckily in a place where I was very open and wanted a new, some, you know, yeah. something to, to kind minds. of latch onto. Yeah. And it was like, oh, this thing. Wait, yep. I'm going to take that. <laughs> like, we're going to You got to be paying habit. attention
0: because opportunities <laughs> be all around you. It's true. All, it, opportunity might walk right up to you. Right. And if you are not prepared and you're not awake, you will going to miss it. And then people will be like, oh... How come I can't... Well, you probably had two two opportunities already. You just wasn't ready.
2: So speaking of opportunities, mm-hmm. how are you guys using social media to creatively further develop the Crown Magazine brand?
0: Um, well, one of the things is, you know, every social media platform has a, its own culture. And so respecting the culture of that platform mm-hmm. and, you know... Early on we were strategic in deciding what we would do and where, and also what we wouldn't do, right? Because there's a lot of pressure to say, okay, well, there's Pinterest, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, Snapchat. you have you have to have a profile everywhere. And very early we was like, nah, we're gonna do we're gonna do what we can do well for now, and then we will expand our footprint as our resources expand. And so because Crown is Is largely about aesthetic. Instagram was a logical first place to start, and so we really focused on curating very well and providing a lot of value um, on the one platform versus trying to be everywhere, you know, with no audience.
1: And really, like, really, it's like we touched physically so many of our first followers, so Mm -hmm. it's like they we always say we're print first, but born in the digital age. So versus an old school magazine that's like, oh, these millennials are on Snapchat, we better go over there, you know, let's figure this thing out, like three years in. It's like, we are born in this culture. This is our cult, like we are all about, we do social media, we do digital strategy. So it was like, we made it such an integral part of the magazine. Like the first piece had like an Instagram roundup, like, Cool stuff from Instagram that we found because that is the world we live in. We right. are in a digital age, and everyone, you know, who was like, "Print is dead. Print is dead. Print is not dead. It's just you. The old model is dead." <laughs> so, what, what's
2: what's the new model?
0: The new well, model is directed. We're direct to, it. <laughs> direct to consumer, first of all. Yeah. None, none of that. The newsstands, the bookstores. There's so much waste in in that distribution model. So we're direct to consumer first, um, and then also it's about knowing. Like I, I say it like this:
1: the blogs
0: <laughs> killed the newspaper, but blogs couldn't kill the magazine um, because the magazine is is an experience, it's an escape. Um, and so, you know, we we publish quarterly, and. Part of the reason for that is is because since digital happens so fast, we could never keep pace with that, so instead we take a step back and we we try to take a deeper look into the content that we create and you know provide more substance you know so that when you get our magazine, you actually feel like you got your money's worth um, so another part of, of our business model is to really engage in conversation with our following and you know a lot of what's actually in the magazine comes from conversations that we've had with our social following and so in a sense it's almost like cheating because we get to see what's on the minds of our readers um and offer them you know content that is is going to reflect uh their needs wants and, and their sensibilities
1: and then to taking a step further being able, because, because we've cultivated, cultivated this organic, organic network, network of followers, followers on Instagram, Instagram, for example, um, you know, know, we haven't done crazy, crazy hashtagging, hashtagging and we haven't growth hacked. We haven't paid for followers. So we have people who are truly engaged engage with the content and who wants want to be a part, part of it, whether, whether it's, it's contributing or whatever. whatever. So we put calls out for casting for the magazine, for particular looks that we're going for, or photographers. And we have a real tangible, you know, audience of people. Like it's not just like random, you know, numbers on yeah. the screen. These yeah. are people who want to be a part of this and are a part of this culture.
0: That's another that's another part about being intentional with the business. The fact that we didn't growth hack on social just to get the vanity metrics up is because when I look at the Instagram following. I want to know that all of them thousands of people are potential customers. Mm -hmm. And then then it's just a matter of what do we need to do to convert them into a sale. And so this is from the beginning when we started, you know, Instagram. We knew that we only wanted to engage with people that were qualified for our product, that would be interested in our product. Right.
2: Well, speaking of people (laughs) interested in your product, you guys know that we're nothing without you. So we definitely wanted to get in touch with the fans, the supporters, and see what is it that you guys wanted to know. What do you want to know from these folks? So we, let's take a moment to check Instagram and Twitter to see some questions. Um, let's see. All right, so Goldilocks wants to know, how did you make the leap from a 9 to 5? steady paycheck to being financially stable in order to become an entrepreneur?
0: Well, the first thing to know is that it's not just like a switch. You know, if you do it right, you plan to do it. And you, you got to save some money and also, you know, put a support system around you. The fact that we're mm-hmm. both able to consult um, is is really what makes it so that we can survive in this climate. But the other part of that is you can't be no punk. (laughs) Don't be scared to leave your job. Like, I I had this for a long time because I I have a son, and so I was like, well, I have to earn, and I have to earn well to provide for my family. So for me, I always, when I I worked in corporate, I always had a project that I was working on, and I always told myself, and I, I, I would wonder well, if I dedicated 40 hours a week to my idea, I would I could probably make just as much money as I could work in corporate. And it's absolutely the case. So don't be no punk. Just go.
1: Yeah.
0: Just get busy.
1: There's never going to be a right time. Never. That's right. Right. Um, obviously, you can do things to mitigate the risk to some extent. Savings. Um, you know, if you're at a steady job with a nice salary, save up for a minute, mm-hmm. obviously. Um You know, man. But it's it's again. You just have to take the leap. You have to make the jump. And um, yeah, I guess it's similar to what you said. It's like having other things, being able to pick up another project. But hustle. You know, if you got an Airbnb, your place. Airbnb your place. If you gotta, you know, it's like figure it out. Really, at the end of the day, there's no formula for this.
0: And you gotta be willing to sacrifice. Mm -hmm. You gotta be willing to like be broke for a yeah. time to yeah. know that you're going to come out on the other side mm-hmm. and be rich forever
1: <laughs> right?
0: like right. my whole camp mission in life is to build transgenerational wealth
2: right.
0: I, I feel very confident that if my father had something to hand to me when I became a man there's no telling what I could have accomplished but because I had to start from nothing mm-hmm. I'm determined that my children won't have to do that Right. Like when my son is 18 or he's in his early 20s and he has an idea and he wants to uh, now express power in this world, I'm going to be able to provide him with the means to do so. You know? So sac- you've got to sacrifice now yep. to do something greater later.
2: So I love those responses. I'm going to do a follow up because... Goldilocks girl, she got like five people on your like. What
1: you <laughs> <Amen>. <laughs> All right. <We>
2: <laughs> so, my follow up for that is um, how did you so how did you or when did you get to a point where you added on other people outside of yourself? Cuz I know that you guys men- mentioned contributors mm-hmm. and I don't know like did you get to a point where you can pay them? How did that work? Or is it just like, listen, like we're building, you're building, and like when we get it, we'll pay you? Like, How does that work?
0: You know what's interesting? Is that, and it, it's been like this for me, even when I was working corporate, anytime I encountered a brother or sister that had an idea and I was trying, I was doing something, I would always help them. I designed a lot for free. You know, that's a part of the 10,000 hours I was talking about. And it's it's been very much, that's been very much the the case for us is that people see what we're doing and they see that we can actually go and win Mm -hmm. and they want to support us right you know so
1: like not being an asshole (laughs) (laughs) throughout your life you know like it's been I guess validating to in a way like to see people who you know there were dark times in my career where I felt like oh my gosh what am I doing like I thought I had it all figured out but really realizing that along each step of the way like there have been people involved from every step in my career that now see what we're doing and Mm -hmm. either have connected me with somebody or have contributed or have you know some money came out of nowhere and it's like oh my gosh this is amazing you know and you can't you can't make those things come out of thin air like even our partnership we were friends for and the thing is like we were like around each other but we were never like tight close friends like that like homies but it was like we worked together at that time we were cool good rapport and we ended up you know that happened and that has happened so many times like just long term just having building relationships with people like really investing like you said like investing in other people investing in And um, maybe you lend 30 minutes and do informational interview. Or maybe you do, you know, like the little things that don't take that much, but people remember those things.
2: I think that that response kind of is an Mm -hmm. answer to Imani Jahan's question. You let me know if you want (laughs) to add or not. But Imani wants to know, how do you get people to see you without the whole check me out bit? I want, an, I want an organic following of people who respect and enjoy our website.
0: Be dope. Be dope. If you're not dope, authentic. then nobody is going to want to be interested in what you're doing. So that's the first thing. Be dope. Be, offer. Have something to offer and add value. And then the other side to that is um, like even in us launching on Instagram, we put the emphasis on engagement, not on content. So we put up some content, but it wasn't about posting a lot. It was about going and being a part of the community and showing love to people, commenting and like really interacting. Mm-hmm. And, and, and especially on platforms like Instagram, it happens naturally. Like if you come and you show love, you comment on someone's content, they're naturally gonna go, okay, well, what is this person about? And then go see. And so the key is, Is that when they come to check you out, you gotta be dope,
1: (laughs) right? And I think it's it's like being authentic. Like we live in a time where everybody wants to put on airs and pretend like there's something like so special. And it's like you just be you. You know, I think this works well because this is it's like again an extension of us. Like Mm -hmm. I saw my mother be diagnosed with breast cancer and decide why am I putting chemicals into my scalp every... Like, into our brains, we're putting chemicals, you know? Right. And seeing her process, seeing her come alive and go on to run a marathon, and she's ziplining in Hawaii, and she's doing all of these things that, you know, my my mom before, mom I had my whole life growing up, was the one, you know, you're on a water ride and wherever, and she's finding a plastic bag, yeah. or, you know? And just, it's those little things that aren't so little because it affects how you move through this world. And I think seeing her transformation, seeing close friends of mine, like all of my girls in Harlem from college, all, we were all straight in college right. and we all are natural now. And right. it's just, there's a certain ease about it, you know, and I think that is what's, what it's kind of captured in our brand, you know, is like really embracing who you are right. and just rocking with it. Like, nobody can tell you how to do you.
2: Yes. You have I was, to do I you. I said it. that in my head and then you said it out loud. I love it. Nobody can tell you how to do you, people. So I think, so, you know, in closing, do you have any last words or comments to the natural hair community specifically about going natural or being natural, somebody that's on the fence? Because although it's, like, it seems to be something that is, more i guess like widely received now it's kind of like at its height you know Mm -hmm. being natural you know it's still difficult yeah so in your i don't know you know what you see as like the common problems you know or trends or threads that you see in the comments but just you know based off of like what you know of like your community what you've seen is there anything that each of you have to like speak to that person who's thinking about going natural or that person that is natural but you know is unsure about XYZ? Um, man.
1: I think it's just such a personal decision and a journey that you have to embark on. Yeah. Um, I would never want Crown to be perceived as something that's like everybody should be natural. You just you know, we're not mad at people who wear weaves, when I'm not mad at protective styles, like like what makes us happy is for women to see themselves and to see ourselves in a natural state and not to feel like we have to wear weaves to be beautiful. Mm-hmm. We don't have to straighten our hair to be beautiful. Um, I want a little girl to pick this up and to grow up in a world where she feels beautiful and there's not a million different things saying you have to tweak yourself and change yourself and fit into this narrow depiction of what blackness is. Because we are so wildly diverse and beautiful. And it's, it's just, yeah, like, that's, that's really what I want to take away to be when it's all said and done.
0: It's, um, it's very much the case. Like, we, we're, we're not in a position to in evangelize, right? As a matter of fact, we just simply want to have the conversation with the women who already are thinking about it, or who already have decided to embrace, like, the, the hair that they was born with. And we are just reflecting mm-hmm. them to them, right? We're showing them themselves to, to build this thing. And I think the way that it'll grow is in a very organic fashion. Is maybe the woman who has always relaxed her hair, she's going to develop the confidence by seeing herself presented in her natural state and say, and that, and that's that's another important part about the magazine. Most of the, the sisters that we've shot are not models. This is just sisters from the neighborhood, right? So when you open the magazine, I want you to be like, oh, I just saw her on the train. Oh, <laughs> my auntie looked just like that. Oh, shit, there, there I am. That's me, right there on that page, right? right? And because I,
1: where do we see ourselves now, you know?
0: Yeah. I believe that if we do that, if we present... Mm-hmm that to black women, even the black women who have not transitioned yet, they will begin to become more comfortable with the idea just by seeing how it's done.
2: I have like chills right now. I'm just like, I'm so excited. On behalf of everyone else on the other side of that screen, I just (laughs) want to thank you for just having the courage to like turn this from an idea into like a real thing. And for allowing me and my sister and my mother (laughs) and everyone else that looks like me, that has hair like mine. For me to like, you know, pick up something in print and identify with it and see myself and know that it's coming from a place of love. It's coming from a place of understanding. And you're not just trying to sell me something. You know what I mean? So I like, I really, You. you guys are the bomb.com ah, I want to hug you I don't want to mess up <laughs> if you guys enjoyed this interview as much as I did I need you to let me know it don't be stingy it don't be cheap I need you to like <laughs> I need to comment I need you to subscribe I need you to share to all of your social media platforms and then what I need you to do I think y'all know what, what I need you to do I need you to head to crownmag.com yeah yes ma'am and uh, (laughs) get the magazine before the sale ends, people. Come on now, be smart with the coinage, (laughs) okay? Until
0: next time, bye.